side, and there's not the topic of this morning. There's a topic I want to get to. But the more you respect something, the more power you give it. Rabbi Yerucham has a whole piece on a story that Chazal bring. If you respect something, it gives it kayach. David HaMelech cut a garment, cut Shaul HaMelech's garment. David HaMelech's hiding in a cave. And Shaul HaMelech was in that cave to use the facilities. And David HaMelech could have killed Shaul. Why was David hiding in the cave? He was hiding from Shaul HaMelech. He was running from Shaul HaMelech. And he could have killed Shaul HaMelech, but instead of killing him, he cut a corner of his garment. Then later he called him from far and said, I could have killed you. Look at your garment, and Shaul sees it's cut. It was a way David HaMelech was showing that you were vulnerable, Shaul HaMelech, but I didn't kill you, so stop trying to chase me to kill me. I'm not, I'm not a rebellious guy. If I was rebellious, I would have killed you. That's what David HaMelech did. But says Chazal, this is how Tzadikim Duvi take off your coat. Tzadikim are judged. Take off the coat quick. Tzadikim Duvi are judged very, very subtly. And David HaMelech was punished because he disrespected garments by cutting the corner. When he was old, his garments didn't warm him. David HaMelech was freezing and couldn't warm up. Garments have the power to warm. Why didn't David HaMelech's garments warm him? Because he disrespected clothing. Now it sounds crazy. He had a reason to cut Shalom El's Beged. What do you want from him? He had a good reason. Chazal Hashem demands from David HaMelech perfection. And Vais Daisi could have done the message in a different way. But by disrespecting garments, by giving a, a slice dovi to the garment, he disrespected it. So his garment didn't warm him. But we learn a principle, Chaim, that you have to remember for life. If you respect something, it has more power. You disrespect, it has less power. A friend of mine went up to Reb Chaim Kanievsky, to, to, to the stipler, Reb Chaim Kanievsky's father. The stipler that was the Tzadik Hadar was unbelievable Kaddish Vitar. And a friend of mine asked the stipler about a certain Rebbe who had massive kaychus. He had unbelievable powers. And the friend of mine asked the stipler about him. And you know what the stipler said? He said his powers are true and his powers are because people believe in him. Since people trust in him, it gept kaychus was the lashon of the stipler. It gives power. If you respect something, it gives it power. You disrespect something, it takes away power. Simply because you trust, gives something kayach. David HaMech disrespected garments, they lose their power of, of, of warming him. Respect the garment and it warms him. When, when Rav Steinman came to America, so his message, you had this godl in his 90s, this Kaddish Vitar, this, the, the Rav Steinman, unbelievable, a Malach Hashem. Do you know, his, and his messages are weighed and measured. His, me- his message was to accept Shabbos earlier. He felt that Shabbos has such a bracha, mikar habracha, it's the source of blessing. And if you more treat Shabbos better, so then it has more impact. I honestly felt, I completely kid you not. I asked Martha Hammer to make a revolution in Yeshiva to help that we're ready earlier. I felt there was a tremendous zilzal of Shabbos in Yeshiva, people being ready, go last minute and in and, 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 and I asked Martha Hammer to help make a revolution two weeks. In a completely serious, of course we had the best two Shabbos we've had. There's a respect for Shabbos. 
He said, if you're ready for Shabbos, you show that honor to Shabbos by being ready on time. If a guest come and everybody's ready and prepared, shows a great respect, then Shabbos will have more of an impact on us. If you're mechabed something, it has more of an impact. It says on mitzvahs, a pasuk in Mishlei, Yehroah mitzvah hu yeshulam. If you respect the mitzvah, you become complete. The mitzvah impacts you. If you show a disrespect, I'm very into my family. We light the Hanukkah candles. You don't just do a mitzvah. You, you prepare. You have a certain respect for the mitzvah. I try to wash my hands. I try to wash hands before Ner Hanukkah. I, wa- I try to get dressed up. I try to wear nicer things, put on my jacket. You don't, the Messiah Sisharim says never to do a mitzvah, but Pesach Pesachim. You don't do a mitzvah suddenly. It's not how you do a mitzvah. You show respect, the mitzvah is much more impactful. When you show respect for a mitzvah, a guy sits at a musravat, if you want an impact from a musravat, it's not you go and automatically a person gets impacted. If you want the words to impact, you've got to show respect to the words. You take off your coat, you sit dignified. It's not a, it's not, it doesn't impact a person who doesn't treat it with respect. If there's no covet for something, you take away the impact of that thing. David HaMelech didn't respect garments, garments don't warm. You disrespect Torah, Torah doesn't elevate. Disrespect Musr, Musr doesn't change. There's a certain covenant, there's a certain respect to something you show. The taking off the coats, the dressing, the, there's a certain dignity that a person shows to something, it gives it a power, it gives it a kayak. You disrespect it, it loses its kayak. That's how things work. It's fast and there's something called covered to covered at Torah. Covered to a Rebbe, covered to parents. The etzem cover that we give gives them a power. It gives a certain strength. You mechabed. It gives it a power. I'll tell you how far this goes. I don't remember the exact story. It's a t- it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold off. Yerucham has a whole piece by that Maisa with the Cholda, the two Edim, the Bara and the Cholda. I'm not going to say over the story exact. I have to look up the Tysus. I'm not going to say over the story exact, so I don't want to butcher it. But Rabbi Yerucham has a piece like that. Rabbi Yerucham has a piece like that. That respect of things gives them kayach. Disrespect of things takes away the power. So it's an important yesayi to remember in all your lives. Things you value show respect for. And show an extra respect for it, and you'll see that thing will have a much bigger impact on you. It will impact you in a much deeper and more profound way. I love when a bacher for Shabbos goes to the store and buys his favorite nash. There's a tremendous covet in Shabbos for that. Besides the Einik Shabbos, the Etzem Achana goes to the store and he's preparing for the day, preparing for that precious day with Hashem, doing something to get something he likes, to enjoy the day. To, there's a tremendous covet of Shabbos in that and you'll see Shabbos will impact you more. But that's not the topic I want to speak about today. That's still an important topic and for once that could be a longer topic. I want to stay with the theme the last few days, we've been talking about the contrast between Esav and Yaakov. In Esav, who's a liar, in Esav, who's the Yodeya Tzayid, Tzayid Befib is a liar, and Yaakov Avinu is an Ishtam, it's an honest person, Echod Bepev, Echod Belev, a sincere, true person. If I had to describe, I'll tell you something funny, your kids know you very well. Your kids know you. My son said to me, my son who's here with me today, years ago, said when he was a little kid, he said, Tati, I'm on to you. He said, I can tell when you really hold of a person. I said, well, what do you mean? 
He said, there's one word you use. If you say that word, and I observe this, then you really hold it again. Menachem said it. That was. <laughs> he was a little kid. He was a little kid. And Menachem said, I know the word when you really hold of a person. He said, you say sincere. He said, he doesn't know if people you say on the shidduch, he's sincere. <laughs> but he said, when you say that word sincere, you really hold of a person. There's a word, the word sincere to me means an authentic, honest person. I want to read an essay. We're talking about Yaakov's and Ishtam. I cannot stand from people. I don't like from kite. I don't like from kite. It's not about being from, it's about being sincere. I want to explain what I mean. Revolba spoke about this. It's not my Kiddush. I want to read a beautiful piece. There's a Yid, he's the chief rabbi in South Africa. His name's Rev. Warren Goldstein. This Sadiq started a campaign. I always dreamt of going into Kiev as a kid. That's what I thought I was going to do. I was going to move to Cincinnati, and every single Yid in Cincinnati going to make them all from, not leave one secular, one Yid not from. That was my plan. And Lemaisa, Lemaisa, I always, I always want and have a chukah to do Kiev. That's something that I always think about. Maybe one day I'll retire, who knows? To go to <laughs> North Dakota or something, South Dakota, but find the Yidden, to bring Yidden back. The bottom line is, is that this Yidden of Warren Goldstein started a Shabbos campaign, and he got thousands of Yidden, first in South Africa, to observe Shabbos. He made a massive campaign of beautiful Yid, Rev. Warren Goldstein. He has an essay. He studied the Musar Yeshivas, which I love. And he produced an essay that I want to read to you. I, please bear with me. It's not that short. But I'm not going to read everything. I'll try to skip around. The Etzem essay, I would love guys to see the whole thing. The Etzem, the essay goes 26 pages. I'm not going to read to you 26 pages. Now, I don't blame anybody getting up and leaving. But I'm... Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the Etzem essay, it's, it's Ribeiro won the legacy, teaching for, for life from the great Lithuanian rabbis. It's Ribeiro Wine and Warren Goldstein. This essay is an awesome essay. It very much captures a lot of what I want from guys. I ask you to listen well, because this is what I want from you. This is really, it captures in a beautiful way. I'm like amazed. He's like, he must have heard my Rebbeim Shmuzim. This is, I believe, what my Rebbeim wanted to produce. And this is what I want to produce in the yeshiva. So please listen well. It's subtle. I ask you to open up your hearts and listen. We're going to read as much as we can. We're not reading 26 pages, so hang in there. It's hard enough to listen to a guy saying a Shmuz. To listen to somebody saying Shmuz reading is like... Anyway... There's an old Lithuanian Yiddish saying that expresses a unique worldview. A Jew is not from, a Jew is Erlich. That's an old Lithuanian expression that, that a Jew is not from, a Jew is Erlich. From means religious and Erlich means honest and upright. The old, and there's, there's a depth to this that's going to come out all the way at the end of the essay that can change your life if you get this. And the Balimusser spoke about this a lot of, from people, use serving Hashem to get to the top of the ladder. From people, climb to Hashem. They climb up to Hashem. Erlicha people bring Hashem into their lives. There's a way to be from, it's like you climb the ladder of religious success. Now I'm on top of everybody. And the frumer you are, the more you're lord over people. 
an Erlich person is not about his climbing, it's about spreading Kiddush Shemayim. The Erlich person, as he succeeds in Ruchnius, he's closer to people and nicer to people. The Fruma guy, as he succeeds, it's like a ladder, it's, it's religious success. He's bigger and bigger. He's gaining on everybody. And he tends to be hurtful to other people. Frum and Erlich. But we're going to explain. There's a lot to this, a lot to the steiging, to the growth, to building up what we're trying to do. But let's just memorize this statement, Lithuanian expression. A Jew is not Frum. A Jew is Erlich. Frum means religious. Erlich means honest. Sincere. The ultimate accolade... You know what an accolade is? Word of the day. What's an accolade? Compliment, praise. Word of the day, say the word. Accolade. Anybody who follows sports knows that guy received a lot of accolades. A lot of rewards, a lot of honors. So accolades. The ultimate, the ultimate accolade, the very essence of a Jew is not his level of, rel- of religiousness, but his level of erlichkeit connoting his honesty, integrity, and uprightness. On the other hand, the saying is also puzzling. Isn't being a good Jew about religious duties as well? In this chapter, we will explore the true meaning of Erlichkeit and Frumkeit. What is meant? Truth is essential Torah value. The Gemara says the seal of Hashem is emes. This value manifests itself in many different ways, from the most simple to the most profound. On a basic level, it is about honesty and speech, telling the truth. The Torah says, distance yourself from falsehood. The Gemara cites this verse in the context of the requirement to tell the truth. The Sefer HaChinuch teaches that this unusual language of distance yourself, stay far away from, indicates how serious this prohibition is, and there's nothing more repulsive than falsehood, which is abominable and corrupt in all eyes. We must distance ourselves from falsehood because truth is part of Hashem's essence, and we are required to imitate Him. The strong wording of the Sefer HaChinuch gives some indication of the significance of this value in Torah philosophy. Lying is part of the general immorality of deception, what the Gemara calls speaking one way with the mouth and another with the heart. The Rambam expands this Talmudic principle to include all aspects of verbal deception. It's forbidden for a person to conduct himself with words of false smoothness and enticement. Hanifa, flattery. And he includes in this prohibition, Gnevastas, which means to knowingly deceive a person in order to attain his goodwill. To lie to a person, Gnevastas. The Rambam cites an example of selling non-kosher meat to a non-Jew while giving the impression that the meat is kosher, leading the non-Jew to believe that the meat is more valuable to the Jewish seller than it really is. The Rambam concludes with his description of verbal integrity, truthful speech and a correct spirit, and a heart free from corruption and deceit. So that's step one, is not to say lies. Not to be a lying person. Fulfilling verbal commitments made to others is another important Torah principle connected to the value of truth. To keep what you say. When Ramesha Feinstein addressed the 56th National Convention of Israel of America, he chose to speak on integrity. He cited the biblical example of Rivka when she passed the test Eliezer advised and proved herself worthy of a, a worthy wife for Yitzchak. Ramesha noticed 
noted that she offered the water to water the camels only after she had given water to Eliezer. This impressed Eliezer she didn't promise to water the camels initially. Integrity demands being careful not to make promises that you may not be able to keep. Rivka's demonstration of say little and do much, a value so central to the house of Avram, to the Jewish people forever, was part of what qualified her to marry such a family. Be careful, keep your verbal commitments. Something like over the years, guys have asked for sdurm, and I know myself that it's hard to commit to such things. The importance of verbal commitments, of keeping to your verbal commitments. So Rivka Imenu didn't say, I'm going to feed your camels. She didn't want to give that verbal commitment. She... Part of Emmas. The sanctity of speech, the critical significance of keeping verbal commitments is linked to one of the most stringent areas of halacha, the laws of vows. Breaking a vow is one of the most serious sins, is evidenced by the particular attention the issue receives before and during Yom Kippur. The custom for every individual to annul his vows before Rosh Hashanah. Yom Kippur is ushered in with the famous Kol Nidre prayer, which is also about confronting the sin of broken vows. Great care is taken so that people do not enter the holy day bearing such sins. You get the sense of emes, of being an honest person, keeping what you say, any neder, you follow through on what your commitments are, and certainly not saying lies. The Torah says, it says, don't make your word chulen. It, when it says don't break your word, keep what you say, it says don't make it mundane. Indicating that speech is holy. Speech is Kaddish. Targum Onkelis translates the verse, and Adam became a living soul, as an Adam became a speaking being. The Ruach Memala. He became a speaking being. The Maral explains that while other creations are either purely spiritual, purely physical, man is a combination of physical, emotional, spiritual, intellectual components. The power of speech is a product of all elements of the human being and is therefore the quintessential expression of human uniqueness. In fact, the Talmud defines a human being as a medaber. That's what a human's called. Speech is sacred. And through it, we fulfill some of the most important commandments, including prayer and Torah study. Conversely, some of the worst sins, gossip, slander, insult, breaking vows, and ruining verbal commitments are committed through speech. There's, please bear with me. We're getting to important points. There's another dimension of breaking commitments that goes beyond the issue of sacredness of speech, and that is being true to oneself, what we might call personal integrity. This includes promise made to oneself, even if not communicated to others, because personal integrity is an essential element of integrity itself, and is a prerequisite to developing integrity towards others, to be truth to, thyself, to oneself. The Gemara says that Rav Safra was the epitome of one who speaks truth in his heart. The Rashbam says an amazing incident in this regard. Listen to this story, Rabbi Say. One day, when Rav Safra was reciting Shema, and wasn't permitted to speak, someone came to buy merchandise. The buyer offered to pay a certain price that satisfied Yav Safra, but he was unable to interrupt his prayer to accept the offer. The purchaser misinterpreted Rav Safra's silence as non-acceptance of the offer, Ike. The guy made a certain price. Can I buy your car? And Rav Safra was quiet because he was saying Shema. And the... He wasn't allowed to make any motions. And then began increasing, you're not allowed to make motions during Shema, and you're not allowed to talk. And then began increasing the offered purchase price while Rav Safra continued to recite Shema. 
Upon concluding his prayer, Rev. Safra informed the purchaser that he would accept the first offer because Rev. Safra agreed to the bargain in his heart. With this outstanding demonstration of integrity, the guy went up. But Rev. Safra said, I accepted it inside. Rev. Safra certainly earned the accolade of one who speaks truth in his heart. He brings here the Shiure Das, who was the Rosh Hashiva of Tells. The Tells of Rosh Hashiva comments that Rav Safra teaches us that integrity of verbal commitments is part of a commitment to inner truth and to faithfully fulfilling the undertakings of one heart. What you decide is part of truth, part of being a sincere Erlucha person, is what you decided to do, follow through. Such an undertaking is accorded the same status as if it was verbally articulated. This is part of being honest because it means that the external is made to conform to the internal state of mind, establishing a consistency between the two. Pivoli by Shavan. Consistent with this, the Talmud teaches us that a Talmud Chacham whose inside is not like his outside, is not a Talmud Chacham. Toichai Kibarai. See your inner commitments. Who, who, that was a line of a Gaish writer, to thine self be true. Whose line was that? Oh, there's a line like that from a Gaish writer, but it doesn't matter. The Gemara says that any Talmud Chacham, a Gemara in Yuma, any Talmud Chacham who's not Toichai Kibarai, his inside's not like his outside, not a Talmud Chacham. To be truth inside to your, to your own commitments, that's also a truth. Rev, Rev, um, Rev Naftali Trapp said that he dealt with the Chavetz Chaim on, on matters for over 20 years. He said, I never saw an incon... He dealt with them behind the scenes, in very messy business, running a yeshiva. Rebbeim were fired, Rebbeim were hired. There were Bachram, Tomuls, a lot of stuff goes on with the yeshiva. He said, I never saw an inconsistency in the Chavetz Chaim. I never saw, like, you know, behind the scenes saying a line, that, that's not true to what you say, to what you believe. Completely consistent. There's a truth of, of one's being true to the to person's self. Modesty and inner truth. We're getting to something. Truth resides in the hidden world and not the world of externalities. A value that Micha called walking modestly with Hashem. The verse is a great principle in the service of Hashem, according to Repinchas, known as the, um, he was a Magid, he was a student of the Vilna Gain. He says that a person should conceal his good deeds as far as possible, because such modesty leads to purifying one's intention of serving Hashem. Focusing, listen to this line, Aiki. If I had to sum up this, this Morty, I need you off with the coat for this line. Off with the coat, quick, quick, quick. Okay. I'm going to read you a line. If you want to sum... Nachi, Nachi, I need you to sum up word of Come, come. This sums up the yeshiva. Eli, listen to these words. This sums up the yeshiva. Listen to this. Davidal, open, open your heart. Listen, this is the yeshiva. Zev Waterbury. Focusing on consistent inner truth and sincere devotion as opposed to superficial religiosity. Focusing on quiet inner truth as opposed to external religious, which is focused on externalities, on things outside, is a central Torah pillar. The connection between the inside and outside is clearly articulated by Rabbeinu Bechaya in the Chayvah Salvavis, and I quote, Regarding one whose inside is not like his outside, Hashem says a Pasuk in Yeshaya, his heart was not whole with Hashem. 
As is well known, if somebody contradicts himself or proves himself a liar, whether in speech or in deed, people no longer believe in his integrity and have no confidence in his sincerity. Similarly, if our outer and inner selves are in contradiction, if our talk is not matched by our intentions, if the actions of our limbs are at odds with the convictions of our hearts, then our worship of Hashem is imperfect. For God does not accept insincere service. And as, as is it written, Apostle Yeshaya, For I, Hashem, love justice, I despise robbery and a burnt offering. According to the Mashkiach of Slobodka, the Rebbe of Rebbe Vigda Miller, the altar of Slobodka taught that one principle in particular is of vital importance in the service of Hashem. Listen to this. Everybody listen to this. Focusing on real internal change, not external superficialities. This concept is encapsulated in the famous Pasuk in Yeshaya. Hashem said, and as much as this people has drawn close... With its mouth and with its lips, it honors me, yet it has distanced its heart from me. With their lips and their mouth, they have honored me, but their inside is distant from me. Their fear of me is like rote learning of human commands. The key phrase is rote learning. What does the word rote, second word of the day, mean? Rote means habit, R O T means habit. Habitual, accolades means praise, <laughs> rote means habit. According to Rev. Gudensky, Rev. Miller's Rebbe, the altar emphasized the importance of real transformation, resulting in the emergence of a new person through real change, in contradiction to rote learning approach to service of Hashem. This is connected to the foundational Torah vows of truth, sincerity, and modesty. It says in a, a Gemara, listen to this Gemara Baba Basra, such a profound Gemara. Whoever takes pride in wearing the cloak of a Talmud Chacham and is not a Talmud Chacham will not be allowed into the inner partition of Hashem. Very vague Gemara. Whoever wears garments of a Talmud Chacham and takes pride in it but is not will not be allowed in the inner sanctuary of Hashem. Rabbeinu Gershom explains this passage refers to a special hat or turban, which only a Talmud Chacham was entitled to wear. Appropriate clothing, clean, presentable, dignified, is required in terms of Derech Eretz and Kiddush Hashem. As the Telzer Shivri of Mordechai Katz used to say, Tyre must be in a clean before in a beautiful vessel. On the other hand, the general approach of many Lithuanian rabbis was to stress the humility of dress and to discourage the egotism involved in, ex- in, ex- in externalities. Those who did not hold official rabbinic office dressed in ordinary apparel. There are many stories the Chavetz Chaim was not recognized in public because he wore a simple worker's cap and not a rabbinic hat. Despite his towering stature as a Talmud Chacham and writer, he held no official position and therefore it deemed it inappropriate to wear a rabbinic garb. The father of Eliezer Gordon, the Rashiv of Tells, was a brandy maker who dressed in sheepskins, though he was an accomplished Talmud Chacham and a student of Reb Chaim Velazhener. It is told that Reb Gordon's father walked into the base measure, Reb Chaim stood up for him. Amazed onlookers were privileged to see the renowned Reb Chaim rising respectfully for a man who looked like a peasant in sheepskins.
Rabbis, there's a lot more to read. I'm not going to keep reading today because I'm going to read more of this in the coming days. Bully Neder. But what I do want to, what I want to, what I want to say is like this. Externals have a place. Externals have a serious place. Dressing like a bentayra helps a person. It helps achitzonius mereres aprimis. The outward affects the inners, for sure. But there must be a, there's a warning sign. The warning sign is that people do externals and feel yaitzer. I am very wary of a bacher looking very from. A bacher, I'm from then I'm putting on a hat. Don't settle because you're wearing a hat. Speak nicer to your mama. Don't settle for an external thing, though putting on a hat has a place because the externals help the internal. The fact that you're dressing more dignified helps you take davening more seriously. The fact that you're dressing more dignified helps you take yourself more seriously, helps you take your learning more seriously. So externals have a place. But in the world of Ehrlichkeit, of sincerity, we are working primarily on our inside. It's very important to note that and to really get that we're working on our insides. The Iker thing we're working on is our mind, our inner world of truth. To be a truthful, honest, sincere person. That's the Iker thing, a very pneumistic job we're working on. Being honest to our siddharm, learning seriously, being disciplined, being truthful to our own self, to our own commitments, to the own things we want to be. We're working primarily on inner things. It's very dangerous when a guy all of a sudden is doing external things or loud things. You don't want the loud attention drawing type things that takes away from what you're working. We're working very internally. That's important to chazer and to review in thinking about what the job that we're doing is. We're working very internally. That's the word sneus. The word hatsne lech Hashem lekech is a very important word. The word sincere is a person who's worked out from the inside, is focused on a lot of inner things, on a lot of inner truths. We live, in, we live in a culture that's very PR-orientated, very much what other people see, what you, what you give off. I could tell you, I want to tell you with yesterday, with the event we had yesterday, it's very important to me. We don't try to script, we're not very scripted here. That, oh, the parents are coming, let's make sure. Even, even with the dorm, I did not, I, did, I want you to hear the shmuel. Even, I want you to hear what I'm saying. Even, even in the dorms yesterday, I certainly wanted, I wanted to say a schmooze, and I'd rather say it after the parents left. We did not make this massive cleanup effort of the dorms. Now, the truth is a cleanup effort should have been done. But I didn't do it. I don't want the wrong picture. The sense of it's PR, the yeshiva should look. has nothing to do with the yeshiva should look. We're not concerned with that. I'm concerned with truths. The yeshiva is a place of truth. Now, the truths of kibbutz Avim, you clean your room for your mama. Let the yeshiva look bad. Tell them we're, we're a wreck. Tell them your roommate smokes up all day. Fine. I'm not trying. It's not about, it's not about the PR. It's not about how we're going to publicly like sell the yeshiva, which today's day and age, is it, the, the Western culture is very about what you present to the public. What does it look like? We're very PR. Everything's the, everything's the PR, public relations. What does it look like? What about the reality of the thing? What about truths? So I very much hesitate to dress anything up. Very little was done yesterday. Let's show the parents. Let's, what are those showing parents? A described to me, 
a Rebbe was not close to the guys at all. Like there was no warmth. At the, at, at, there was some grad, the Bacher described that it made a deep impression in his life. I'm, I'm sorry to give like a negative example, and most people aren't this way. But he described like a man who was very at odds with the Bacher. And then there was this public, was the graduation, this gathering, and all the parents are there. And the Rebbe was like warm and mushy to the guys in a way that he never was. And the Bacher took it like in front of the parents, like there was a certain... Oh, tell my dear, tell me them and kissing him in the front. The Bacher him, him left the lasting impression on the guy of deep sheker. But there's a depth, when, when we say lies, sheker, people assume lies means like telling untruths. This is, this is, this is, we talk about Hashem, the seal of Hashem is, is truth. I'm talking about a person who's real, an authentic person. What you're showing to them, that's what you want to show. What about the reality of what it is? What about the reality? Now, there is a time to worry about PR. Don't call PR Shekhar. In a yeshiva, everything has its place. There's something called PR. And by the way, a bacher who sits at a bus stop and acts crazy, he's not nice. Why isn't he nice to us? He heard our PR. It's wrong of you not to care about the yeshiva. Why would you hurt it for your friends? It's insensitive. The parents are here for a bacher to just do something crazy. He's trying to be nevarid. Why is that fear to somebody else? Another bacher whose parents are there is embarrassed. So there's a place for PR. There's a place to care about the prestige of your yeshiva. It's not nothing at all. But everything has its place. It has to be thought through. The ikr is emes, is truth, reality. What's the right thing? That's the ikr. So it's not about, yes, PR, no PR. We live in a culture, everything's just what it looks like. All that matters is what it looks like. No, PR is like a small, in a, in a big puzzle. It's not nothing PR, and I'm not saying don't, PR is all bad, no. PR is a place, you're allowed to present your place. You're allowed to, re it's funny, the Waterbury Bacher, when he goes on a date, I've had guys who don't wear a hat or something, and I get very upset at them. Like, Rebbe, you taught us to be authentic. I'm not faking. No, it's a big place. You go on a date. There's social norms. There is presenting. There is PR. You PR for yourself. You put on a hat. Well, it's what he was so honest. There's a PR. There's something called PR. A certain dignity, what's expected, social norms. There's a place for PR. This Bacher was so authentic, he forgot this. All we're saying is it's not all PR. All it is is what it looks like. Who cares the reality? All that matters, that's Sheker. MS is thinking through something and everything in its proper value. So PR won't take the place of other things. If, if we would get down and would say, our boys say, parents are coming, let's get the dorms nice to look good for the yeshiva, so people give nice donations, okay. But if you place that in front of this guy's life, if things are out of order, out of proportion, that's when MS is disturbed. MS means in an honest, authentic, real way to give everything its proper value. In a real way, in a thought out. A bacher misbehaves in a certain way. So it's bad for the yeshiva. I've had many people call me to accept the bacher. We threw him out. We couldn't take him because it was bad for others. But really, he doesn't deserve... Okay, so are you allowed to do that? It has to be thought out the emes. If you just put in front of everything just what people think and what it looks like, that's not emes, that's sheker. When it's thought in proportion, everything thought out in an honest, real, the reality matters much, much more than the perception. Not saying perception doesn't matter. 
That is the world of Erluchkeit. The world of honesty and sincerity weighs everything in the measure of truth. What's right and what's wrong. That's what that line in that line in Lithuania, Lita, when it says Judaism is not from Kite, it's Erluchkeit. That's what they're talking about. I'll give another example. Many Lithuanian rabbanim, as opposed to Hasidim, Hasidim very much did external movements. By davening the Lithuanian Gedolim, if you ever saw a Lithuanian Gadol daven, it was like just stoic. They didn't move, they didn't throw up their arms. When they did mitzvahs, there was very little external movements. They did it because they didn't want to have any sheker. Every external movement has a degree. Whoa, you look so from. When a guy's davening... Inside, what's happening inside? That's what's going on inside? Inside, the guy's like, when's davening over? <laughs> so, but by the Litvaks, they were very worried about Sheker. They wanted Erlochkei. So they didn't make a movement. It was all a work of inside. Now, that's not to knock the externals. You can have the external movements, and external helps the internal. Sometimes by bringing it, helps you feel it. Outer movements arouse the inner. Arouse the inner. Great Rebbe's used to show external emotion. They did it because they wanted to impact the masses. The Litvaks, the Lithuanian Rabbanim often didn't show anything externally. They would light in their Hanukkah in complete seriousness. You didn't see anything because it was all the work of internal. There was no show in, Litva, in Lithuania. That was like the stress of Erlochkeit, of truth. It was like, oh, no, I don't want to say boring, there was no show. The Lithuanian Godel, you had to like watch him. The, the Chesedic Rebbe, you watch him light in our Hanukkah, he's bawling, he's singing, he's dancing, he's jumping up and down. His external display of emotion. The Lithuanian Rub was worried that it wouldn't be all authentic. So all the work was going on inside. The Lithuanian Gedolim, Rev. Isaac Sher, who was the son-in-law of the Altar of Slobodka, a majestic man. He was stoic. What is the word stoic? Third word of the day? Stoic? No emotion. Stoic is emotionless. He wouldn't show anything. Almost stoic. We're trying to learn from both worlds. We have the world of Hasidus. In Yeshiva, we show emotion. The reasons we do it is we need external to help arouse the internal. But we're learning from the Lithuanian Derek. What we are learning from them is to value most internal, to be authentic and real, to value internal. You could take opportunities. By the way, if you're ever davening alone, is such an opportunity to be completely real. You're alone. There's no show for anybody. It's harder. Let's be honest. When we're in a crowd, it's much easier to daven. Take the opportunity to be real, to be 100% authentic. There's no show for anybody. You're alone somewhere where nobody can see you. Take the opportunity to be authentic. So today we're learning from this Nikuda. In whatever it's interesting, we're trying to gain from all worlds. We're trying to take, certainly the Hasidic approach of the outward expressions are fine. The dancing, the singing. It's funny, you'll be in a group, Rabbi Say, everybody's dancing Friday night. It's Kishmak. Everybody's dancing. Everybody's dancing. I know we have a different tune. I just didn't want you to start singing. But everybody's dancing. Gishmak. 
Do you know there's some people that are thinking the words, Ashreinu Matoiv Chalkeinu? Did you stop and think the words? One second. I want you to remember in all the hoop, in all the, in all the bruhaha, in all the excitement. Are you thinking, Ashreinu Matoiv? I'm fortunate. I learn Hashem's Torah. I do mitzvahs. I'm surrounded by people who care about Ruchnis. Did you think? Remember to think. There's an internal avayda. Red Miller was once in the middle of a Hanukkah party of his family. He screamed out, like everybody's schmoozing, all his mishpachim. And he screamed out, is anybody thinking about Hashem here? Like, don't forget. Don't forget that the ikr, the erlichkeit, the honesty, the sincerity to be a person. You know how much can be gained. We're singing on a Friday night. Ashreinu matayichalkeinu. Try to think through the words. I happen to like singing songs for a long period of time. Another book's like tired of it. You know what the difference is? If you're singing tunes, it tires out fast. <sighs> enough, enough. Let's move on to a fresher tune. I can't stand when there's a certain... It does, we don't have... The guys in Yeshiva, it bothers me. The guys who string songs together. The guys who could do it for hours because they know keys well. So they go from one song to another. Low parts to a different high part. Because if you're not singing words, so who cares what song you sing? Try to sing words, Rabbi say. Have in mind the words we're saying and sing the words. It means it leaves a much bigger impact when you sing the words. We sing Lev Tahar Broly Elikim. What a tefillah. You're praying. We, we, we sing Tzave Yeshua Yaakov. Are you davening? You know we're praying. Tzave! Tzave! You're screaming. It's a beautiful song. You're screaming to Hashem. Please, Hashem. You're getting even like firm with Hashem. Please, save Yidin Sabe, command the Yeshua for Yaakov. You know how much greatness lies in that song, David? First, the realization that Yeshua only comes if God commands it. That you realize Yeshua, salvation only comes if Hashem commands it. You're praying, you're not singing. If you do it, you can go for hours. And you're thinking all different thoughts. Hashem runs the world, just that thought. Sabe, Hashem, save us! You're davening for Yidin, all different Yidin you can have in mind. You have a whole richness. Four guys are singing, I assure you, they're in different worlds. One guy's praying for you, the Schnidman. He's praying for the fires in Eretz Yisrael. He's praying for assimilated Jews. He's praying for the friends in Yeshiva. He's praying for an hour, for a half hour. And another guy's having a good time. It's also good he's having a good time. But you could do, in a world of sincerity, in a world of internal, you could do so much if you but connect your internal. Friday night, the Bacham was back. It's not really my type. I'm not into jumping around. You're not into praying? Pray, talk, sing. It's not an external thing. If you get into it, if you, if you allow yourself to think about what you're saying, about what you're doing, it could just be gishmaksters jumping around the bimah. Or it could actually be an internal thing on Shabbos Kodesh. I'm celebrating Shabbos. It's good to thank Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Reb Miller describes the day of Shabbos before you make Kiddush. This is what I wish for a sincere, authentic person. You're sitting there making Kiddush Friday night. You're doing a mitzvah that writes a precious mitzvah of announcing Hashem as the creator of the world. Kiddush. Announcing Hashem as the creator of the world. You, the Yid, are making an announcement. Says Reb Miller, and this is a sincere Yid. This is an internal Yid. This is what I want from you, Aiki. Aries, I want from you. You're about to make Kiddush the following custom. Pause. Don't, you don't do any mitzvah fast. You have to make Kiddush. 
pause and think of all the blessings Hashem's bestowed upon you. Look at your beautiful children, your mishpacha. Look at the beautiful table. Look at the matzah. Look around you. Don't jump into Kiddush. Look at your yeshiva. This when you're married now, you look at your yeshiva, your chaverim. The beautiful, look out the window a little. You thank Hashem and then a yid makes Kiddush. Then he announces Hashem as the creator, as the instigator, as the doer of all. Not just the instigator, the one who continues to do. That's a Kiddush. That's a Kiddush from a sincere, that's not a from yid, that's a sincere yid. That's internal building, internal growth. Real, living with Hashem, real, inside. That's what we're shooting for, Rabbi Say. Certainly we have external actions, and nothing wrong with externals, but always with a focus on the internal gains, on inside the connection with Hashem, that's what we're focused on. There's a lot more to say on this topic of honesty, of the Esau, who's Sayyid B'fiv, who's Echad B'fiv, Echad I want to stop here, Rabbi Say. Just what's happening is, at 12 o'clock, Judge Butler speaking. To many guys, it's the... He's here? Uh, to many guys, it's been the best speech they heard in their lives. He's an incredible speaker. Really incredible. His story is a very unique, fascinating story. He's a judge in Pittsburgh. He's on his way to Harvard, I believe. Harvard tonight. I believe that's where he's speaking tonight. He's speaking in Boston. I think in the past he's gone to Harvard. He's a... People hear that word. <laughs> the Kitzer Advarnes is, is there, that. He's a Rebbe that taught at Harvard. <laughs> oh, he's a good Rebbe. Okay, will there be a bus the, the bottom line is, first this, first this, this is, this is like a mental gym. So, what I said, what I asked the guys, what I asked the guys is everybody to join in. For everybody to join in to this speech at 12 o'clock, take a 14 minute break, and then join in the speech.